Your waking world is shaped by dreams. Dreams and nightmares that I create and which I must control. Everybody to back in my day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not so stereotypical millennials will be talking about a comic book adaptation once again, or a graphic novel, I guess you could say. We're talking about The Sandman, the latest series on Netflix. We have all watched at least most of it, um, so we'll dig into that with a little bit of spoilers in a few minutes, but some uh, some general thoughts at first, spoiler free. But this week, I am lucky enough to be joined by Michael R. Power, Wife Power, and Ian Walter. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for for uh, joining on this episode. Um, I don't know that much about the graphic novels, but the comics, whatever you want to call them. I don't know a ton about them, but Mike has praised it for a very long time, and there's been lots of really great talk about how great these these stories are and about this character and all that for years ever since it came out it's been really highly touted um for anyone that doesn't know mike what's actually before i get to my thoughts what what is generally speaking the sandman if anyone has not read or watched this show well i actually dave i actually hadn't read it before i think i might we may have talked about it um ah. and i it in the sense of it's known for being a bit of a literary classic it's known as being one of those graphic novels along with i'd say watchmen that sort of um you know changed the opinion on comics that comics could be right. also good literature not just things for kids so i'd always wanted to read it you know it was studied it's studied in some college classes it's it's famous for being you know one of those comic what like i said before one of those comic books that sort of bridge the gap between good literature and comic book and sort of starting to get people take comic books like seriously as you know good writing good good works of art and everything so uh i'm grateful for this series because it got me to finally uh read the sandman comics leading up to this like in the summer i've been spending the summer furiously reading it and i do love neil gaiman it was a huge blind spot for me i don't know why i didn't read it before but i do love neil gaiman he's one of my favorite writers so uh yeah that's the book and the main it's 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 very um, not typical comic book superhero stuff. It's very no, definitely not. Um, yeah. You know, cerebral and fair, it's very dense, very very, very and, dense. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but it's but it's really good. And um, they always said it was sort of the unadaptable kind of like Watchmen, the, the most unadaptable you know piece of fiction mm-hmm. to be, ever be a movie or a TV show. And reading it, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is gonna be hard. But let's we'll talk about if we think the show. Yeah, did a good job, in detail. But. We'll talk about detail after. So really briefly, my thoughts. Um, the first, I want to say four episodes. Um, I was not on board with this show at all. I was so bored at the beginning of this. I like the concepts. I like kind of what's going on, but I just had no interest. I was ready to stop watching this show after two episodes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I really was not enjoying it. Um, it has gotten better. I am seven or eight episodes in at this point, and I am liking it more. But I 
I don't I don't like this show that much so far. It's really disappointing to me. And I don't think that it's all bad. I don't think that the acting's bad. I don't think any of that stuff is really I just I don't know. It's hard because I'm not I'm not comparing it to the source material because I haven't read it, but it just feels like the execution is slightly lacking for whatever reason, even though I don't know all the detail of where it's coming from. So there's something about the feel of this. There's something about execution of it that just is not working for me as much as I hoped. Although I do like where it's going so far and I am, you know, am looking forward to finishing the whole thing. But uh, yeah, overall, I'm not I'm not fully on board with it. And uh, another thing, I know that it's it's about dreams and it's about, you know, nightmares or whatever, whatever, you know, different terminology they have for it in the show. But everything is so dark. Somebody turn on a light for once in this show. Don't light a tea light in your bedroom in order to light the entire apartment. You know, like it's just everything is insanely dark. And it is so hard to see sometimes that I just don't understand what they're doing sometimes. And that's Batman. Yeah. But, well, but Dave, yeah, but, I mean, Batman is, is also DC very, Comics very we're talking about, right? This is yeah. a DC <laughs> Comics property. So <laughs> anyways, of, yeah, yeah. So, so briefly, that's, that's the gist of it. I, I like it. I, I, I don't like it that much though. Um, I'll say, Dave, this is why I thought when I read it, yes, this is unadaptable because it's, not really like a story it's more like mythology what well, is a story there is a story there but it's more like mythology in the comic there's not a lot of action it's very word heavy it's very like thought provoking that's what it's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be very thought provoking get you thinking and it's neil gaming coming up with this whole his own mythology you know what i mean he's he's mashing religions and other mythologies with his own mythology about these characters called the endless and yeah, which Sandman is so is cool that it's all the main character. Yeah. yeah it's cool and he his writing is is very much like that and i was just like it's cool to read this it's like reading you know really interesting uh mythology fantasy and really high concept stuff but i was like to a screen um it's just going to be exciting to viewers because sandman if you you know from the first few episodes like he doesn't really defeat He's not a hero that defeats bad guys by punching them in the face. He defeats them by outsmarting them with his wits, and you know what I mean. That's usually how he wins the day, and and it's so it's different. But yeah, it's um, I'm sad you didn't like it, but it's that's the worry that I had when I was like, "Ooh, is this gonna?" Well, and that's not what I'm translate? disappointed about. I'm not I'm not waiting for Iron Man style moves and him jumping around and doing fancy <laughs> stuff. Like I, you know, I I understand that that could be some expectation out there because it's a comic and he's a. Uh, a hero of sorts. I mean, he, I, I wouldn't even call him a hero. That's not really the point of the story anyway. It's more of just, it, it, there's more things going on in the story, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, he's not what bothers me necessarily. I just am not, I don't I, like the concepts of the show, the concepts of the comics of the story is all really cool and really original. Like you just said, Mike, but I don't think that they did a good job of drawing me in, in the first couple of episodes, especially. And which is why I was like, okay, Okay, what am I supposed to be latching onto here? And I don't really think any of that really happened for me until about the fifth episode, which is a lot of yeah. investment in a show. So that's um, fair. There's yeah. a lot going on in that first episode, right? Like it's yeah, lot, and I, you know, to... there's a lot, but I just for some reason it didn't. I don't know. I don't. Anyways, I'll let you guys get your thoughts, and I don't want to uh, take over or whatever. And also, I got to step away for a sec. So you guys go. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting too because. Um, 
like you, Dave, and I guess until recently you, Mike, I have not read these comics. It's a blind spot for me as well. I love Neil Gaiman. I think he's a great writer. He's master of mythology, it seems. He wrote a book on Norse mythology, which is incredible. And uh, he also did a really nice run on Eternals, which I know it's not your fave power of the uh, Marvel films, but uh, you know, there's some there's some lore there that is. No, but you're right. That's that's what he likes writing about. Then he has his book, American Gods, which is also a TV TV show, which is its own mythology. So he very much likes coming up with his own mythology and he likes to do a lot of research and have gods and demons and devils. And and, and that's he's really, really good at that. So and uh, I think that's what he writes about. As far as I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying the series so far, and I think it's playing to its strong suits as far as having Neil Gaiman involved in this thing. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it's something that they're getting wrong. Like I haven't read the mm-hmm. graphic novel, but it doesn't seem like they're going too far off the beaten path. You know what I mean? As far as what's come before with the Sandman mythology. So I think it's it seems like they're attempting to be as faithful as possible while also adapting it to the modern age. And uh, yeah, just I, I really like was excited that Neil Gaiman was involved, that it's not just something that, you know, the studios are trying to mine you know, for, no, for he IP is involved. So. It's good. And it's actually, I will say, it's, it is very faithful to the books. Yeah. And I think people who read the books will appreciate that. But I don't know what Dave is saying. If people who didn't read the books, you know, will um, appreciate that as much because, you know, yeah. it can be a bit and wordy think... and action light. But, Anyways, we'll let I know well, I Mina also has between, never read the books. So. Yeah, like I'm, I think I'm somewhere yeah. in between where like I I am a huge comic book reader. I just haven't read this graphic novel, so I'm kind of like analyzing that. I'm kind of like um, consuming it in that way, like as if it is a graphic novel, and I think that's helping a little bit. Um, it was very dense in the first episode, but I think uh, it still had a lot to offer. And I think we'll we'll talk a bit about our favorite moments of the series, but like it kind of. It gets interesting, goes in interesting directions as we kind of make our way through. It's what, 11 or is 11 episodes with the bonus? It's 10 episodes. 11 is 10 a episodes bonus with episode. a bonus. All right. So it was cool that they had a little nugget still to drop and that there's going to be more mm-hmm. to come, I think, from this. So it's it's an interesting world that Neil Gaiman has built. And I'm excited to see kind of where this, where this thing goes. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the details. Wife Power, what do you think of the show overall? I really liked it. Um, I actually had the complete opposite experience as Dave coming into the show. Um, Mike had given me like little snippets about it, but like I didn't really, I didn't know anything about like the mythology and like, yes, we all know like the Sandman has something to do with like sleep in our dreams and like, but we we didn't really know anything about like the endless and like that mythology that he's created in the story. And I loved the mystery of the first episode. Like I th- I think it was just so well done. Like they they gave you this character that he just was so mysterious and like didn't play into like any of the nonsense that like the humans were doing and like. He was just so proud and like didn't – he was kind of like, I will not bow down to like your demands, like you're beneath me kind of thing. And I just loved – like he had – he rather had been trapped in this 
um, situation than give in to anything that like they wanted. And it just, it made the character so like mysterious and like interesting to me. Cause it's like, why is he like, his morals were just so strong. Like it's like, um, without going like into too much spoilers, but there's like one part where like someone asked him for something. He says like, no human should, should have this. And it was like, he just, he, he wouldn't budge on those types of things. Like he had his code, like his code. And it's like, even if he had to suffer, he wouldn't give into his code. And I just found it very like mysterious and interesting. And even though he barely spoke for that whole first episode, I just found the character very like intriguing. Like it was just like, you know, he's going to be the main character throughout the show, the show, obviously, because like it's called the Sandman, but they just they didn't really give you anything on him, but they just gave like these tiny little pieces and you're you're kind of like developing that complexity and that um, interest in him where you're just like, I need to know more. I want to know more about him and like what are his powers and and what's his story like is he a god that's good that it gripped you because that's the point of the first episode it's kind of like i don't know try to get people into it questioning things wanting to know more so Mm -hmm. yeah i remember when we watched the first episode uh white power you were like oh man this is such a good show like and you really like fantasy shows and i was really happy because um the first episode like I almost had this, not the same, but I almost had somewhat of a similar experience when I read the comic books. Like it's known for being such a good book that it comes with a lot of hype when you read it. It's known for winning tons of awards, being basically a literary classic held up there with great works of Pulitzer Prize, works of arts and everything like that, right? So when you read it, the first few issues, you're like, oh, okay, like these people trapped this dream lord. Like I kind of get it, but then what really pays off is whenever you read you know, it's long. There's a lot of issues. The more you read, the more you realize this world that Neil Gaiman is developing. He's really thought out every last piece and it's very unique and very different. And if you're into sci-fi and fantasy, it's like, it's like one of those, one of those like instant classic worlds. Um, And it's almost like a modern, like there's Greek mythology, there's Norse mythology. It's almost like its own modern day mythology. That's he made that he made up that I could see, you know, surviving like time, you know, like being way, way in the future. Like, oh, this is the mythology that people in the year, you know, the night, the 1990s, like, like would read to their, you know, would read about and all this stuff. And so I love when I love his, uh, his writing about mythologies like that. So yeah, it, did, it even took me a while in the books to get really into it and understand what made it such a classic because he really does plant the seeds and even in the first issue for things that pay off like way, 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 way down the line. And like, that's how far he thought out, he thought through like every decision. And then some of the things that I was saying about why well, I was worried it turning into a, a book is that the dialogue is so important or turn the book into a show. The dialogue is so important, but I feel like when you're reading a book, you're reading a comic book, like there are lines and you, you don't miss any lines because they're just there on the page and you can reread them if you want to, or, you know, you could flip the page and say, oh, this, but when you're watching a show, you know, you don't always catch all the dialogue. It doesn't all stick with you. And I feel like that could um, make people like understand less about what's going on. 
So I felt that that show doesn't have that working for it as well. And then it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of action. That that's the other thing. But the visuals in the book are so interesting. Um, with the main artist, and I have to shout the artists that um, are creators of the book with him. It's um, uh, Sam Keith and Mike uh, Dringenberg. Um, the you know the book is so word heavy, so thought provoking, and not a lot of action that it does rely a lot on the visuals to kind of the abstract visuals to keep you know it's complex so the still the art has to be interesting so to keep the art very interesting and that's also something that i was like oh this is going to be hard uh hard and very expensive to ever pull off on a tv show and neil gaiman did mention you know he even though it's number one in the netflix like number one in the top 10 it's in danger of not being renewed because it's so expensive <laughs> to to because they're never like it does it is takes place more on earth than the book does but i think they have to for budget reasons you know it's usually like in the dream realm and like crazy stuff's happening on the panels he looks different sometimes like like different um panels or different issues and it's like that's another reason why i didn't think of that but i did think for what they did with it i'll just get into my thoughts about they did a really really excellent excellent job adapting adapting the book to a show and i think it's like i think it's a great show i really do i think it it nails like the mood of the book it nails like what the book's trying to get across sort of thought-provoking you know asking these questions and putting them in front of you uh, so it does all that really really well and uh, i think it's a great show but i can see it being like kind of dense and heavy for the average viewer but i think fans of the comic I hope I think fans of the comics should really, really, really love what they did here. And I really, really think that one of the standouts is Tom Sturridge, the main guy who plays Morpheus, who plays the dream Lord, because I don't think that's an easy character uh, to play. And when you read the book, his dialogue always is always in black um, speech bubbles with white writing. It's like unique to him. So, you you know, he kind of has like a special kind of voice, you know what I mean? And the voice he came up with for the Sandman character, I think is great. I think it really matches like the tone of what I, when I read the book, what I kind of was hearing or pictured. So anyways, those are little things. And I think a lot has to do with Neil Gaiman being so involved with the book or with the show. I think that's really paying off. And that's really why like it, it's such a good adaptation. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think the writing in this seems to be one of the strong points of the series and like only time will tell like as you said like he plants seeds right right in the beginning that pay off much later in the ser- in the story so like you know having finished season 1 or even watching this bonus then you know looking forward to what else is coming should there be a season 2 and whatever i think like that will be the ultimate test for this series like what, does it does it fully pay off in the way that it should when you compare it with the the source material Right. Mm-hmm. I, I may have missed this before now that I came back, but uh, Mike and Wife Power, you, you guys have you've finished the series or at least the, the first what would be we considered have, yeah. potentially the first season. Now, Mike, does it does it get a decent way through the graphic novel and the comics or are they just wrapping up like one or one and a half storylines in this one? No, season it gets of, of it show? gets pretty it gets pretty far. I think the okay. I think it gets at least three I don't know exactly, but at least three, maybe four, like full graphic novels in, which each graphic novel is like 
four to six issues of the comic. Sure. I remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the first one being like how he gets captured, which I think is a good jumping off point. It's like Dream getting captured by humans. And I think that adds a lot of, it adds something because it's like the way the book is written eventually, how it gets into it is that it's just Dream as a character and it could take place at any time period. And there are just stories to tell with, with the King of Dreams as a character. It's not really super linear. So to, to, to right, but up, it makes more sense to take that approach to yeah, the show. and that's the yeah. first part of analysis. Like he's getting captured, and then you have sort of this thing of like, okay, he wasn't there for 150 years, so that creates all this kind of drama and tension, and creates quests for him to do. So it creates a bit of a through line for the first like four or five episodes of, you know, he has to get his stuff back, he has to travel mm-hmm. to hell to get his helm, he has to get his ruby back, and the the dream world is in disarray, and all the nightmares are free, and it kind of like he's got to go get them. It kind of gives you a bit of a through line that lasts like four to five episodes and then there's the whole rose walker storyline and the dream vortex storyline which itself is like one graphic novel and i think that's number three um somewhere around there so yeah it does kind of cover that ground and it sprinkles in some other issues as well yeah i'm just wondering and, where yeah, they so may go if this comes back whether like, it's netflix this, or whether it's somewhere else is something that you think would be wrapped up inside of two seasons and then be done yeah. or is it something they can well it can go with? on forever because there's so many issues of sandman like i said it's just a way to tell these stories right it's almost like it's they're almost like fables like each story could have its own his own uh message or you know thought-provoking thing that neil Gaiman was trying to get across so it doesn't really have to ever end there's no end to it you know there's it's I don't know exactly how many issues he wrote. I wish I didn't know, but it's a lot and they'll never get to all of them. So, right. Right. Yeah. I get yeah. the only other thing I, I forgot never to mention get to all of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll I shouldn't say never. There's about hundred. I think there's about a hundred. We'll never get to any more than this. So. One, no. <laughs> I don't um, that it's going to go that many seasons, yeah. but I hate it wrong. But, but you're right. There's lots of ideas to be had. I mean, really just the general conceit of the show is that there's lots of ideas to be used and had, and that's cool. Like that's exciting and stuff. The yeah. thing I, I forgot, also forgot to mention before is that I kind of wish that they spent a little bit more time. I know there's only so much time you can have in roughly eight to 10 hours of, of, of TV, but a little bit more time of like why it was that big of a deal that he wasn't around for that time. Cause it feels like they you know, they tell you that it's serious. They tell you that all this bad stuff happened, but it's gone in like three minutes or less. And I just wish there was more like I wanted to see more of the severity of what happened. You know, like it's I, like a I wasn't... constant plot point that they keep coming to. It's it's maybe for the last hundred years. It. We've been devoid of hope. <laughs> this is yeah, <laughs> sort of the one that tethers it to this kind of like time frame yeah. of like the 90s or 2000s. So that you can kind of keep telling stories in that time but he can jump around other stories too when he's like intact and fully in power but kind of his not being there allows other stories to be told right so mm-hmm. yeah it was definitely it felt different even though that like with a graphic novel that was written late 80s early 90s like that's when it sort of was getting released um it you know there's obviously been so many stories come since then that have been probably inspired by this one so right uh, but it's still right. it's still kind of maintained a unique feel even as like a netflix series comes across like like way different than something like the witcher or way different than something like you know uh stranger things so it's like yeah i think that there's there's a lot of potential like do we want to talk about how i mean we kind of brushed on the fact that he got captured like that's kind of how the story unfolds is that 
he's captured for a hundred years and only when he gets freed is like, can, can we kind of continue his story or he can kind of return to his kingdom and figure out how to rebuild it. Um, but it was a way for the kind of the humans to get involved mm-hmm. with these sort of, I would call them gods, like deities, like, you know, the supernatural endless, they beings, call them. Yeah. Um, which again, it's, it's weird. It's, I think we're conditioned, especially as like huge MCU fans and big nerds, like, you know, superhero comic books were like conditioned to follow like a typical hero's journey, but not everyone is going to have like the human experience. We've got to meet characters in this series that are very much just like an abstract, you know what I mean? And then they're kind of being like personified on screen with these, with these great actors, but like they're playing something much larger than what humans should be. But then at the same time, we find that they are fallible as well. And they need to kind of, they can learn from humans or our titular character. Um, Morpheus can learn from the humans and probably should, if he's going to navigate his way through like all this craziness. But uh, how'd you guys feel the series started off Dave? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I wasn't super invested in the first few episodes. Like I, I don't mind what was going on like like it's it's hard to explain i just wasn't getting the the invested feel in what was happening like i i don't mind the story i don't mind the ideas all of that stuff is is interesting enough i just really was not feeling the execution of it you know it's just i don't know i i i i think that it didn't feel like i wasn't i honestly i was not invested in him for the first couple of episodes, I just, I was like, okay, yeah, stuff happened. You're captured. All this other stuff with the humans is happening around you. And I, you know, okay. Yeah. They're, they're dicks and they're treating you terribly and you're a prisoner and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just didn't, I didn't care about the the son. I didn't care about his dad. I didn't like none of that stuff was working for me at, at all. And then when he escapes, yeah, I, I think, or, or gets out. Yeah. I, I, was like okay great now things are going to start picking up and they do they do get more interesting i think they do get better once you get to the dream world and do all that kind of stuff i like the way it looks the style of it's great like you said mike it's a pretty good adaptation of the way you you thought it might look and especially the way some of the characters talk and 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 all that like no problem but then you know there's little characters that get thrown in here and there like the the, the brothers with the with the dragon dog or whatever. I'm just like, who are these guys and why are they here? And why is he <laughs> killing his brother? And like, what the hell is going on here? What's that? It, they're Cain and Abel. That's why. Okay, but all right. But I, I was like, ooh, he's going to get a dragon friend. And then he kills the dragon friend. I was like, oh, he's going to have a dog. But no, he has a crow that is Pat Oswalt. <laughs> like, oh, I'm glad you brought that up because Pat... The worst part of the show was Patton Oswald. It's I agree. I, I like agree. Patton Oswald. Does not fit the tone of the show. It doesn't fit. And, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the writing the is okay. It. I think the writing's not bad, but I don't know that. And it's not really his fault either. I just think that it kind of pulled me out a little bit when you yeah. first when you first get exposed to it because it's just like, whoa, that's Patton Oswald. Like that's not even like it's Patton Mopak. Oswald it's... doing a character. Like it's yes, like exactly. Yeah, I don't know if they're yeah. going for the contrast of like, oh, it's funny, goofy voice against the sort of dark, serious guy, and that would probably. Be something there yeah. but like and they give him like more a lot more to do than that or even does in, in the comics and you can tell oh it's because it's Patton Oswald that's what it feels like 
and it was annoying and i I, that was the one thing that i didn't like probably it's like my biggest complaint just uh, sorry sorry about that because i like that it's like but is is it supposed to be like a humorous thing in the graphic novel like is it like no there's very little humor in the graphic novel no because that's that's my point it's like it's like do we need like to step it up and put like Marvel level humor in here. Like that's kind of right. what they thought. Wife power. You're shaking your head a lot too. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you guys. That was like the one thing. Cause it's like the show's kind of like dark and ominous. And then you throw his voice in there and you're like, Oh, this doesn't fit at all. And I, I think it's just weird. Like from a, cause it was just like, it was instant as an audience, like both Mike and right. I, and it, it sounds like you guys too. Like as soon as you hear his voice in the scene where like they, they introduced that crow. Cause he has, um, he like comes later, I think maybe like episode four or five, maybe three actually. Um, and as soon as you hear his voice, it just takes you out of it. And I, I kind of started to like tune it out a little bit as like the as the episodes like progress. Like it didn't bother me as much. But those first couple of times, like he talked, it's like it really pulled me out because it just it didn't fit anything. It didn't fit the tone. It didn't fit the like Ian's talking about. Like there's even the lines that he's saying. There's no humor to it. And he just has like, and it's not his his fault again. It's like he's such a good actor. We love him in um, Only Murders in the Building, but it's like they just like he just pulls you out. Like it just doesn't suit anything doesn't in the show. Yeah, it doesn't fit the mood of the show. That's, and it's just all, weird yeah. to me that like the when they were like audition because they're obviously auditioning someone someone as a voice actor for this that that's where they landed like to, it's just like it just seems obvious as soon as he talks it's like no doesn't work yeah he was like a fan or something so it's a bit of a fan stunt casting mm-hmm. so it's it's okay it is and it like is. you never know how that translates fully until you see them combine like you'll do the yeah. voiceover and then you'll do the effects and then you have to match it up right so it's like yes that's it may true. be just been a misfire like it's just like and you know what like if this goes on like two three seasons or whatever it is like maybe either he'll tone it down or just naturally we'll get more used to it just drop it the won't character be as, yeah <laughs> I mean, it's, or, or just it's, fully it, drop the character him out but yeah no I, like it's it again it didn't break the show it didn't like tune like make me turn it off or like you know turn away from the show and by any means but it was definitely a standout like oh that was an interesting choice so yeah i was wondering um if if the items especially his helm i would say more specifically mm-hmm. like does it look like it's it's from the graphic novel in the comics because it is really cool looking so whatever they did uh, looks great I, I think um i didn't read it but i just watching the show with mike I think he did make a comment about how the helm does look really similar to how it looks in the comic. Um, same with the the ruby. Um, right. And then obviously like a bag of sand is a bag of sand. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing Mike mentioned, and he might have mentioned it earlier in the podcast, was he changes his, because he kind of like, I get it, like costume design. Well, there's the one episode where you get to see him in like his 
his costumes through the ages, but um, he kind of sticks with the one look through the whole series. Yeah, like um, the black car- uh, coat. Yeah, yeah, whereas Mike says like he changes a lot more in the comic book. Like, right? He was saying he goes to like different time periods and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like even panel to panel, it's like he his hair would be like different or. Um, little things like that, which like would kind of be cool, but like, yeah, you could see like, like the show's already like complex as it is. And then to add mm-hmm. the hair and makeup and costume design to like have him sport like a couple of different looks throughout an episode would be just be like that much more. So, yeah, not only yeah. would it be a budget concern, but maybe people would be finding it harder to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only so much they can get through. In, in one season and you know I, i'm sure the plan was to go further or is to go further so um I hope so. yeah and it seems like it's getting pretty good response so i you know like without because me and even ian haven't gotten to the end though but wayfire like by the end is it a good wrapped season that feels like like it's what they they accomplish what it seems like they wanted to accomplish or is it or is it like dune part one <laughs> yeah or is it dune part one <laughs> I would say if they if they had to end, it wouldn't be horrible. Like there's no, um, like they wrap up what we kind of experience through this season, especially like okay. unlike the first couple, the last, th- I believe it's the last three episodes really tie into one another. Like it's kind of like a three a three part store like story whereas the other ones were kind of like a start like they have that overarching plot line but like they kind of are they have they're all their, contained at yeah. the first first half yeah whereas the last three are they the story f- doesn't this you need all three episodes to finish that one story um and i think it's a pretty good wrap but then at the same time they open it they leave it open for more so like okay there's there's two things that happen at the end that could be like the plot of like a second season as like you could have these like individual store like story fables again and then you have the setup for like an overarching story that would span like the 10 episodes so nice i'd be curious to know each of your favorite episodes of this season Wife Power, maybe you even know Powers if you want to share that as well, what his favorite episode was. But uh, yeah, like I, I teased it earlier, but it's it's not the one where he goes to hell, but that one was close. Uh, Dave, what was your favorite so far? It seen? probably was the hell one. Yeah, yeah, I think it was that one. Yeah, so far. So I mean, there's still two more to go or three to go. I can't remember if, it's yeah. if I just finished seven or just finished eight. But so far, that that hell one was was really cool. And, and all the stuff that Mike mentioned before is why. Like that so I'll go off that because I think that's where the series starts to really get interesting for me. Yeah. And uh, it's actually episode five. I think it's the one that comes right after that. I was like, oh, OK, because when, when he goes to hell, at least it's like, OK, yeah, they've set up these quests and now he's got to go and deal with certain Mm-hmm. adversaries to get his stuff back but mm-hmm. it was episode five where it's like okay the, one of the humans has got a hold of the ruby and now he yes. has the power and he's using it to uh he's just chilling in a diner for the entire episode and he's using it to like basically make it so that they're not nobody in the diner or nobody in the i guess on the planet are able to lie for that time mm-hmm. that he's using 
He's manipulated ruby. the ruby. It doesn't right. have the same power. It gives him that... like a wish. It grants him a wish, essentially. And his wish is that no one could be able to lie. And so in this diner sequence for the in- entire episode, which I appreciated, was just like dealing with the ramifications of that like what if someone had this ability and they were to turn it on this is the kind of irresponsible shit that would lead to all this darkness and craziness so i yeah i thought that that's where it kind of went from like okay episode four was really dope oh episode five is completely different so now this show can like really go anywhere for me and having not read the graphic novel i'm actually excited to see where that takes us and yeah so that's why episode five I think it was called 24 seven is my favorite of the mm-hmm. series. Yeah. That's, that's one of the standout ones so far for me too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a solid one. What about you wife power? So my favorite was the next episode, episode mm. six, and it was called the sound of her wings. And this is where uh, death, uh, they, I believe there's, they call each other siblings, um, but death comes mm. to visit dream and she, she kind of takes him, under her like he goes with her to carry out her duties for the day and she kind of reminds him of like what their roles are and and how they're tied to the human world and how it's like the humans don't exist for them they exist for the humans and um she her like her story and like how she talks about like her role because she's death so she takes people um to i guess like to heaven kind of seemed like her thing and i i couldn't really tell if she was also taking people to hell but the episode it seemed like it was almost like a good path Mm. um like taking people to a, a a place of peace um but she just talks about how like her like how important her role is and that kind of thing and it it was really deep and and I, I loved listening to her and the actress did an amazing job of portraying that character. And then that was like the first half of the episode, which was amazing. And then the second half of the episode, you go on this flashback kind of thing with dream of a human that's become his friend. And I just found their conversations and their whole, um, scenario like just so interesting like i loved the them meeting at a pub every hundred years like it just um it was amazing and then you see what happens the year that dream was captured because he obviously he can't show up for their like every hundred year meetup so it's just a really cool episode i yeah. i really enjoyed that one it was definitely you guys might be Why? convincing me. <laughs> On that guy, uh, the, the human guy, he was kind of like Kingo in uh, Eternals, right? Like he was like constantly having to reinvent himself because like mm-hmm. he's he's living forever, and, it was, and it's like, oh, I'm a descendant. Yeah, and it was just really interesting because it's like at one point, it's like the dream is like waiting for him to essentially say like I don't want to live anymore, like I've lived my life, and you get that one year where it's like dream kind of gets he gets that point where dreams like expecting it and then he asks this question of like do you want to die and the guy's like no why would i want to die kind of thing and then it's like and you see him the next hundred years and it's like how he's like how he keeps changing and like i think in in the last one too he's like a history teacher or something like that i don't know it's just really cool like 
I loved the development of the human and like how he like doesn't take for granted that like he's been granted this gift of immortality and um Mike mentioned it too the they touch on there's one year where he's in the pub and he meets Will like Shakespeare or something oh yeah um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and nice that favorite. apparently is a setup for like a graphic novel so like Mike was saying in like a future episode that could be one of the things that they go back and do and they they do the the will the William Shakespeare story and you learn more about like the deal that dream and him have mm-hmm. um that's cool so that would be like a really cool because like yeah, it does it just happens in like... the background like you just see them kind of like walk off together and you're like hey what's going on there and it's like that's a story it, it that does like, seem hasn't like there's a lot told. of like breadcrumbs being laid right mm-hmm. like that, that were eventually going to be picked up which is kind of cool too yeah so i really i really loved that episode i loved the like it was almost like it's it when you look back on it it's like you forget that those two things happen in the same episode but it's right. like well there you go we got yeah. episodes four five and six it's a strong three run mm-hmm. uh series there sort of in the middle of the the season um, yeah do you have any well idea? it is really where the show picks up like it, it that, that definitely is where it starts making its turn for sure yeah. which is why i'm sticking yeah. to it because if four well, yeah, and five were not those episodes i i i don't stop watching shows very often but i was going to right um, <laughs> i honestly was going to and that and that's i i hate to say it but it just well yeah and like you know nobody likes it when you know it's the classic oh yeah you should check the show out it really picks up by like season three it's like whoa it's like hey man <laughs> i say that about my favorite show all the time and people are like really you know yeah, like yeah. Mad, mad men is my favorite show ever at this point and the first season's good but it's not great and then by the end of the second you really get what the show's doing but yeah, anyways, yeah, that's a whole other show. <laughs> At least here we're only asking you to watch like maybe three or four episodes before you make. Those. Yeah, like maybe a couple um, hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so wife party. You have any idea what Michael? Are I think he mentioned episodes. it earlier in the podcast, but his favorite is the Hell episode. Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool yeah. Episode. It was his yeah. favorite of the the comics, and then his favorite um, episode as well. Yeah, it's it's solid. It's a really great way to. Um, to kind of really kick things into gear um, for sure. And um, yeah, Mike, we can hear you if you want to talk. Can you hear us? Yep. Yeah. No, just uh, Mike's back. Uh, Yeah. No, my favorite episode of the show was also my favorite issue of the comic, which was that one. Oh yeah. I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Ian, the two of us uh, will finish the series and uh, maybe we'll pick back up um our ideas probably by the end of this year you know i'm sure i'm sure we'll be talking about this show at least a little bit in the next several months when we talk about some of the shows that we watched this year so that's probably when we'll finish our thoughts or we will throw them on our patreon page as well Well, i saw on social media that they dropped that 11th like bonus episode so it's like Mm -hmm. it's interesting that oh i missed that of a strategy so um i mean that kind of plays into what i was saying when we all talked about Stranger Things is that like I don't know if the binge strategy is working for Netflix as much as it used to. Like I don't think mm. it's it's necessarily it's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, um, I do not. I agree. Don't with Don't do it. Like, yeah, Mike's like don't I do it now. I think <laughs> more people would be talking about the Sandman if we were watching this thing weekly, and it kind of just came and went already. So at least well, they I, had I think something. It applies in to every show except for Stranger Things on on non Netflix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But I think yeah, like it's, having it's that sort of one left in the chamber to kind of remind you, like Sandman's out there and we got some new content coming was was a pretty smart move on there. What I like about I wasn't that, caught up at that point when they did that. Yeah, <laughs> what I like about that is that in the because it's a comic book and like I said before, there's not really one linear story that's taking you through all 100 episodes of Sand, 100 issues of Sandman or close mm-hmm. to 100 issues, right? An issue, there can be an issue and Sandman, this happens a lot, Sandman's not even in it. You know, maybe it's an issue around desire or maybe it's an issue of our own death and Sandman's, he's not even in it. Or it's another concept about the dreaming that Sandman is in it, but he might not look like he does it. He might be a cat, for example, <laughs> which right. is actually what kind of happens in the 11th issue, not to spoil anything, but one of my favorite uh, issues, or the 11th episode, one of my favorite issues, my set, probably second favorite is that 11th episode. And I like that they can just, they can just drop it because it can just stand on its own. It's got its own thing to say. It doesn't have to fit into any of the bigger story. Now that you know the characters, um, they can just tell you these one-off episodes. So it'd be cool if they just sprinkled little episodes here and there. And, you know, they could, yeah, they can try to string together some, some arcs, but it would be cool also if they sprinkled in like one-off episodes, just like they do with issues of the comics. That would be really, really cool. I would love mm-hmm. to see a death, a death episode. Okay. Nice. Sweet. Sweet. Being that the hell episode was a lot of our favorite ones, did, I couldn't have been the only one that caught the meta reference with uh, Brienne of Tarth and the Dire Wolf. No, Ooh, I don't Lucifer? know. I think that's actually in the, the book, but uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But it, but the first thing yeah. that she you know she conjures is a dire wolf, and she's <laughs> oh. an actress in the Game of Thrones. So I thought that was pretty on the nose, but it was pretty funny too. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it. Uh, and then speaking of Game of Thrones, anyone want to offer up their early thoughts on the House of the Dragon? Early thoughts for me, I'll say it quickly because I'm the person that did not. Uh, watched the show as it was airing. I watched the full season or first full series leading up to the final season and then watched the final season week to week. Um, so I'm not as invested in these characters or this world or this storyline. Um, but I know that this is, you know, 170 years or whatever it is before. Yeah, 172 uh, years before. 170, yeah, which which is cool. I, I like when, when you can really distance yourself from stuff, which is what we keep saying about Star Wars we might want to see. Um, that kind of thing, like the equivalent of 172 in this world would be the same as like, you know, 3000 in the Star Wars <laughs> world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like that. I do like the characters so far. I like the way it starts. I really like the second episode. I think that was, uh, a, a big standout and, um, I'm liking it so far. I may, because I'm probably going to watch this week to week. I wouldn't be surprised if I end up liking this more than I like the original series because I'm going to be more invested in this storyline, even though technically i know it's 172 years later technically we know where it ends up but not yeah quite. and, and but like not that, quite a lot can happen uh, i think that can play on you too especially in a week-to-week format because you have yeah. expectations going in and they're gonna do their job to subvert those expectations. yeah so and, and i'm pretty sure i read that they jump ahead in time a decent amount just in this season a couple times i th- i think um but from episode one to two they already jump ahead six months uh, without even really talking about it. Like they just sort of half half mentioned it at the beginning and that was about it. But uh, I like it so far. First two episodes I've seen. Uh, the third uh, was just released and that's going to be on, on the list. It's definitely going to be on the list higher than Sandman for me um, before I finish the yeah. season. So I want to so make sure highly anticipated series for me. I 
have only checked out the pilot, if you can even call it a pilot anymore. But, uh, you know, just the fact that I've I've just been able to see the first episode, but even that, uh, just kind of heading back to Westeros after eight seasons of probably my favorite show on television, which is Game of Thrones. This mm-hmm. is very much like in the vein of Game of Thrones. It's not just like, uh, I don't know, like... It it, it it feels like Game of Thrones, if that makes sense. It's not just the music. No, I, I think, yeah. I know what, I, I think it, what it is, is it feels like those early seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> which is yeah, what we all want. More I'm of. happy to be in West, back in Westeros. And, like, it doesn't feel... I'm not going to say it doesn't feel as heavy in terms of, like, the content or the subject matter. But it doesn't feel like, okay, i got to keep track of, like eight different storylines like it's it's focused on the targaryen so far it's slightly more contained like, yeah it, it seems focused on like house targaryen so like it's following a bit more of a like okay we're sticking in king's landing or we're you know we're, we're not just branching off into all these different things and as much as i love game of thrones for that like it's kind of refreshing to kind of just follow like a set of characters through one story mm-hmm. as, as it, as it, at least in one episode, but like, I think they yeah, did a I think lot it's of work too early to, Oh to yeah. hundred percent. Not to say that, to say that they I, won't yeah. venture into different areas of Westeros at all, but just the way that it yeah. started this thing where you have a clear uh, picture of like what people's motivations are, who, like what are the stakes? What are the, like the key players? No, I agree with you. It feels it, very much like the early game of Thrones when you're following Ned yeah, and then it became this sort of that sort of introduction to the world, and it kind of came this like sprawling, you know, story. And I think the same thing's going to happen. But I think what hopefully is not going to happen is what happened to like the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, because the the promising thing is that George R. R. Martin is like really really involved in this show, and he says even more than he was in Game of Thrones, where in the last few seasons of Game of Thrones he wasn't even involved really at all because it wasn't his story, and they. They just he had they went off on their the own story from the books. Yeah. So they went off on their own, and it really, really yeah. showed. And he wanted it to be 12, 13 seasons, and they finished it at like seven. So they crammed in basically five seasons worth of material. Yeah. They slow burned us for six seasons, and then crammed in five, six seasons of material into one season. That's why the Game of Thrones ended so poorly. And I'm really enjoying this, even though I've only seen two episodes, way more than I did the last few seasons yeah. of Game of Thrones. So I have really high hopes. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm curious what you guys thought of uh, Matt Smith's performance in particular as Viserys Targaryen because he definitely left a bad, like a bit of a bad taste in my mouth after watching Morbius, uh, but he did seem to be enjoying himself in that film. But he, he just there's no redeeming qualities of that film, so I was just like, okay, let's see what Matt Smith has. But I, I thought that he... Um, as much as like he feels like you feel like you know, he he feels a bit like a one note character, but it, at the same time he's selling it pretty well. So I mean, I've only seen one episode, but I thought he's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, the no, he's, think, he's pretty good. He's he's what, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. Wife, wife power. What did you, what do you think of the first few episodes of Game of Thrones? We're, you're into it, right? I'm into it. There there hasn't been a character that I've latched onto like the first season yet there's no one that i'm kind of like like in the first i know we're only like three episodes in but it's kind of like when we first started watching game of thrones like you latch onto the starks really really quickly Mm -hmm. i I haven't found that yet in this season maybe that's not maybe that's why i'm like not i don't feel as invested in like the storyline because it's like 
not really rooting for any of these characters. Like they, so, but I'll see where it goes. And I'm hoping that like, maybe they like introduce a, like a more likable character that like someone that has like better, kind of like a Jon Snow kind of character, like someone that has that like moral compass and is like the good guy that you can kind of like, root for and and like like if any of these characters died i wouldn't care like no, yeah not not yet anyway i, yeah, I do not think yet. that the, like, i guess she, i don't know is she the lead i guess you would call uh is it rainier rainiera is that how you pronounce it mm-hmm. yeah like i i like how she's sort of like the young go it on your own badass teenager type of like approach or 20 year old or however old she is right now um i i, I kind of like what what she's doing there but uh, yeah not fully invested just yet i don't mind her i kind of find her a bit bland like i don't really know what her motivation is really like she kind of like she talks about how she like gets the whole like duties of the king and it's like she has this like wise beyond her years kind of like feel to her but then she's like 13 so it's like it's just it her character is just not sitting for me yet like she and then she does things to like blatantly defy the king and you're just like well is she wise beyond her years or is she a a bratty little teenager because it's just Mm -hmm. yeah it's a little bit of both yeah yeah but she doesn't she doesn't really have like i don't know it's just like I said, the best word to describe her so far is just bland. Like she, like Sansa Stark, she, you knew she was like obsessed with the crown and that's all she wanted. And oh, so you got that. You got that like prim and proper, like that's what she was invested in. And then you have like the area Stark where it's like she's a little firecracker and she wants to be a warrior. And like also, and maybe that's just where I'm, I'm, losing this and like you have the Daenerys Targaryen like they had such strong female characters in the first one and I'm just not getting anything from her like Mm. I and it could just be like well I don't even know how old the actress is like she's probably 27 for all we know playing I just looked it up she's uh she's 22 22 okay so Mm. she's still like fairly young but yeah I'm just I'm not for the caliber of like how well the actresses did in the first season and like how you or the like the original game of thrones and like how you really felt their motivations and like their emotions and where they were coming from it's like it was just done so well like daenerys was kind of like she had that like anger and i'm just not i'm not getting anything from her like i don't really know what her what her thing is like she kind of just seems to be like going through the motions like she doesn't really like care but then she does things that like you're like well which which one is it so i'm just i'm i'm not sold on her yet yeah a little bit yeah i do i do like um um the king the most so far to me, I, for some, I, I just, think you're right. I think he seems, but even he's that, doing a really so good that, job so far, and there's a lot going on with him. Like especially after the second episode, you'll get to it, <laughs> Ian. But like especially after the second, a couple more things happen. Like obviously, big stuff happens in the first, but like 
by the end of the second going into the third it's just like you know it i think it's definitely about him i think um and how his power relates to everybody else and vice versa but like yeah, I, I, they, they might do that, but I don't know that they will. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's what the story is going to do or if that's going to happen earlier rather than later. But right. I just I really like his performance so far. I think that's what's really getting me um, is like you really buy his emotions and his conflicts. And that's why I, I, I am really every time they have him on screen or he's, he's making decisions or, you know, I think I find him the most interesting so far, most compelling. So I agree. Um, that's right I, now. That's what I'm watching it for the first few episodes in. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Wife Power, about like not being able to latch on to anyone. Because like, even just from the first episode, they set up all these characters in a great way where like you're looking for that person. Like, oh, who's my person? But each person, it's like the more that you think you're going to like this person, the more they dial it back and throw them at the bottom of the shit pile. It's just like they, they do something that's like, oh, no, 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 of course, all these people are terrible. But that's kind of like what i like about this series uh, as it stands apart from game of thrones is like yeah game of thrones is known for being like cutthroat and edgy and killing characters off but this is like because it's going back so far and yes they're supposedly coming off an age of peace it's like they're all very cutthroat in a way that's like like snake eating its own tail like you know what i mean like it's like it's like everybody's out for this either the throne or whatever it is but like everybody's the game of thrones yeah well that's That's the the game man (laughs) it's obviously evident in the show that we all love but like this is there's something like streamlined about this like we're already at that point where it's all chaotic like it's i think it's too like feeding off what you're saying ian like the snakiness of it they're way more like out there with it and i know you've only seen like the one episode but like no one has like when they're in like their council chambers or anything, it's like little finger, for example, like in the original little finger, it's like he would never ever go into the chambers and like defy the King or like no, tell the he'd king be way something. More subtle. he would. Yeah. He would like tell the King what he wants to hear. And then behind his back, he'd be like plotting. It's like, these people are just like blatantly being like, Nope, I want your throne or like, Nope, you shouldn't have it. And it's just like, it's just so much more out there. And it's just like. It's only been two episodes. I think you got to give time. It's, yeah. just, you know, I think it's, it's just, just a good job was, setting up it's like the, the show. And like, you're back in the Game of Thrones, baby. Like, everyone yeah. wants the throne. <laughs> like, welcome back. Like, we're going to start killing each other and backstabbing each other and set plans. <laughs> and it's like, throne all right, too. let's go. Like, so pumped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was better done in the previous season because it was like. You didn't know the who, previous season, or sorry, like in game the show, game, the show, the original yeah. oh, okay, show, but not the last season of the show because it's. <laughs> I hope your you're not saying that. Very, <laughs> it's so bitter. <laughs> hey, this whole show is gonna make you love that final season. <laughs> but I'm Nothing just, it's like that final season. Yeah. You, you didn't know who is like, who was on like, I'm gonna say like good side and like bad side, but it's like you didn't really know who was like honest and like truthful and stuff and like who was like the backstabber like it takes a while to like find that out about certain characters whereas this one they're just blatantly like up front being like nope this guy well that's only been two episodes you you don't know you but don't that's really what i mean know. it's like two episodes so in you already know like who like who wants the throne and who like this is good that's just kind of like 
They're, no, I, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, not as like intricate as the original, and like maybe because like it's not going to go as on as long, so they need to like shorten things up. But it's just like you're two, three episodes in, you already know like who the people to like watch out for are. Like yeah. it's it'll get there. It'll get there. Or like even like the thing about this show is even to Dave's point, like okay, you got the king. Let's say that's the guy that majority of people will be like all right well let's let's follow him on this journey and hope, hope he makes it out of this but even the king has done some really fucked up shit so it's just like oh yeah i don't know it's just like it's all it's all crapshoot at this point they're but targaryens you're not supposed to like any of them yeah exactly yeah i guess yeah that's true yeah that's a good point actually <laughs> um yeah so okay so we got two shows we're gonna me and ian are gonna finish and we have uh another game of thrones series that is just kicking off so we got a lot of stuff to really watch a lot of stuff that's still going on one of them is she hulk as well we are watching that we have talked about the first episode on our main feed we will continue the middle of the season on patreon so you can find that there and then we'll come back to the finale uh on our main feed as well but uh in the meantime mike where can everyone find the patreon page and all the other stuff that we're doing online and uh and follow along with us yeah you can find uh the podcast at patreon.com slash back in my day. And you can follow along on social media at day back in that's our handle and pretty much all social media apps. And you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. So uh, rank review, subscribe, tell your friends. It all helps. If you want to leave a little five-star review uh, that really helps a lot. So thanks. That's it. That's where it is. And uh, until next time, everybody, Gentlemen, Wife Power, thanks for joining me, and thanks everyone for listening.